The following is a presentation of the SpeedSport Podcast Network. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroot was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers Download, where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be, Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. From the SpeedSport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass. Here are your hosts, Justin Prince and Taylor Burris. Welcome to another edition of the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. Taylor Burris here along with Justin Prince. Our producer is Richard Colbreth, as we have a star-studded lineup, Justin, as we have a couple of great guests joining us here on the download. Uh, of course, joining us today will be Michael Hinkle, who is the SCCA driver, as well as one who's a fan of driving Formula V. He, in fact, had the iRacing Formula V at this year's SCCA runoffs. A little later on in the show, we will have eNASCAR Contender Series winner, NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series driver, and NASCAR Arc, or actually Arca Menard Series driver and winner, Caitlin Honeycutt, joining the show. And then we have one more special guest. We're not going to say who it is. We're going to save it for the end of the show but it's a big guest that is exciting to have him on finally after an exciting year in 2023 for him. Yes, indeed, that's right. And keep in mind, that's all while wow, it's been a busy time for drivers when it comes to special events, but even more so when it comes to the pro qualifiers and respect to pro series. You mix in a little bit of an racing patch as well on October the 19th. A lot has gone on in the past week, to say the very least. It certainly has, and of course, let's get this show on the road, of course, with a little bit of Sports Car Club of America, since this week in the world of iRacing is the SCCA runoffs on the iRacing platform, racing at Virginia International Raceway with multiple different classes, racing for grabs, 35 minutes around the America's most historic race circuit in the Southeast, and joining us is a driver who I'm pretty sure is going to be competing in the virtual SCCA runoffs, but also got the chance to compete in the 2023 SCCA runoffs at Virginia International Raceway and came home with a 14th place finish. Michael Hinkle joined us on the download and Michael, welcome to the show. Ah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm a big fan of what you guys do, and I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Of course, Michael. Well, first and foremost, we got to ask, how were you able to get involved with racing and work your way up to where you got the chance to compete at probably one of the biggest pro-am events of all time, which is the SCCA runoffs? Yeah, that's um, it's been a dream of mine since I got into Formula V racing and S and found out about SCCA and I was lucky enough to have iRacing help me get there. Uh, but my early days of racing were very humble. I bought a very low budget car that had been sitting outside that needed a lot of work. And um, I put the time and the effort in and we figured things out. I've been, I've been racing Formula V with the SCCA for nine years now. And um, we had some struggles at the beginning and had a really tight budget, did what we could. And through the years, made some friends, figured some more things out. And through racing, I actually got a job at iRacing. So uh, I worked for them and they've helped me out tremendously get to a higher level in Formula V and, and race, like you said, at the very pinnacle of uh, road, uh, you know, amateur road racing here in America at the CCA runoffs, which was my first runoffs ever. And I was extremely excited to even finish the race. Uh, <laughs> it was a crazy race. Um, and although the result 14th isn't exactly where I wanted to be, it wasn't my goal. 
Uh, I'm still just very happy to come home with the car in one piece, and and that is a finish. And racing gets the best of the best in the country. It, it certainly is. And, of course, for maybe those who are new to, I mean, whether it be iRacing or even the SECA, you know, could you explain a little bit of what the Formula V car is? I mean, for those who race on iRacing, it's one of the rookie cars that you can drive with the open-wheel category. But maybe for those listeners who are not attuned to the SECA and haven't had the chance to drive it on iRacing, explain a little bit about what this car is all about. So this car was one of the very first classes in the SECA, and it was developed as the entry-level open-wheel car that the average person is supposed to be able to buy and race with the SCCA and have fun. And so it's based on the original Volkswagen air-cooled 1200cc engine. We have to run the engine, the transmission, and the front suspension package off of that car. A lot of the rest of the car is up to the imagination. Of course, there's, there's limitations on the wheelbase and things like that. But um, you can build your own chassis in this class. You can have your own you know, bodywork configuration. There's a lot to be played with and tinkered with in this class, which makes it really neat. The cars are really unique from one to another, and but we all race with the same base package, which makes them really close and really competitive. So, It really is a fun car indeed. I had the privilege of driving it on iRacing. I've been to the SCCA runoffs and actually called a couple of the SCCA runoffs in my time, so it's a really fun series to watch. Always exciting. Uh, more for me in the karting, it's basically a little bit of a bigger cart that we see out on the tracks here at VIR and everything. But, of course, a 14th place finish, but overall for you in 2023, a really good season. I mean, you picked up a win earlier this year in June, and if I remember correctly, this past weekend, you were up at Thompson. Yeah, I've had a lot of wins this season in our region. So the SEC has uh, basically three levels of racing, and in regionally in New England, I had a lot of wins this year, a lot of seconds and thirds, podium finishes, and I just lost the championship by two points this last weekend at Thompson. So it's a little bit of a sore subject right now. I was the points leader all year, and it came down to the very last race between me and, and Gerardo, and, and he ended up uh, winning the race, and I finished in, uh, I believe I ended up coming home, and yeah, I came home in third. But it didn't matter. It The damage was done. He got the win, and that's what he needed to do to to take it away from me, and and he did it. And spectacular job. My hat's off to him. It was phenomenal racing with him all year. And, you know, these cars are so close that sometimes it's kind of a coin flip situation. <laughs> Who wins the race? And that's how it is in iRacing, and I'm sure you guys can attest to that. It's, it, you know, sometimes you... Um, if you get the right draft and every any, everything works out during the race, you can win, uh, even if you're not the best driver. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that, especially with this <laughs> car where drafting is critical here. I mean, you, you see these cars all lined up nose to tail drafting. You feel like you're watching a super speedway race, but it's on, of course, some of the best road courses across the country, and it provides some exciting racing from start to finish. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree with that. And um, it's been super popular in iRacing because you don't have to spend hours and hours and hours practice to get good. You can jump into a race, do a 15-minute fixed race, and have a ball racing that car. And, you know, that's part of the reason I got into it in real life is it was more of a driver's car, even though there's a lot of unique things you can play with on the car. It's more of a driver's car than some of the other classes. It certainly is. And of course, what was your thoughts when iRacing released this car to the public on iRacing for those to drive? I mean, you've been racing Formula Vs for a while, and of course you're racing the iRacing Formula V and SCCA competition. 
what is your thoughts on the continued progress with the two companies, with the SEC and iRacing? Oh, well, uh, to your first question, the Formula V was released on iRacing through me, actually. They, they came to me, approached me. This is how I got a job at iRacing. They approached me during COVID, at the very start of COVID, and said, hey, we want to scan a Formula V. And they're local to me. Um, I'm listed as a contact for the New England region Formula V series. So if you are interested in getting into Formula V, I'm one of the three listed contacts on the website. They contacted me. They came down. They checked out the car. They talked to me. We discussed some things. And they ended up scanning my car. So the car that I drove uh, at the runoffs is the one that's actually in the sim. Of course, they changed some things. They changed the tire and they changed some of the suspension to make it more of a car that is represented around the world in Formula V because they do race this car around the world with a lot of different rule packages. And so through that process is um, how I actually got the job at iRacing. So they were very happy with the amount of information I gave them and how I presented it to them. And they said, hey, why don't you apply for this job? And uh, so I started working there. And they helped me out. And it's been extremely exciting, an absolute roller coaster of excitement and emotion, seeing you know my car go into the sim, the user's response to it, how extremely popular it has been. It was the most popular car on iRacing for a period of time. I'm not certain that it still is. I, I think the Miata might have taken back over. Uh, I'd have to double check those stats, but I could probably hold on to hope on that one. It might still be. Um, and it's been great seeing everybody's response to it. And the car is uh, extremely similar to real life as far as handling and feel and characteristics. It's not exactly the same car as my car, but it's close enough that I think uh, everybody enjoys driving it. And, and it's, it's, some, it's a tool that you can use to even go driving in real life. And I use it all the time. Well, it's absolutely exciting to see how the future of this car on iRacing, plus with this partnership with the SUCA, will continue. Uh, I have a feeling with how, of course, the new tracks for 2025 and 2020, or 2024 and 2025 are going to be at some amazing circuits for the SCCA runoffs. And, of course, the SCCA Hoosier Super Tour Series always provides some exciting events for anyone who wants to go race in amateur racing. And, of course, like you said, you are one of the contacts up there. But if people want to learn more about your racing career, Michael, as well as maybe if they do want to get involved with Formula V racing, where can they go to reach out to you or at least follow your racing career in this rest of this year and going into 2024? Uh, well, if you want to find out more about racing Formula V in New England, uh, our website is nefv.org. That's the New England Formula V racing page, and you can find our schedule and information there. Um, I do post videos on YouTube. I'm not, uh, I don't, I don't know, I'm not a big YouTuber. I don't have like an official racing channel, but uh, on my personal channel, you can look me up on YouTube uh, at Heckler, H E C K L E R 1101, um, and you'll find all my racing videos. And I've been posting more videos recently, and I had a great runoffs video posted on there, so you can watch my in car. Um, and then you can always look me up, just Michael Hinkle on Facebook, if you want to keep up with me. Well, Michael, thank you so much for your time. Of course, good luck to you this weekend, racing in the SCCA iRacing runoffs, of course, at VIR. I'm pretty sure we're going to be keeping an eye on you to see if you have what it takes to go and take the checkered flag in the Formula V category or any other categories you may run in the runoffs this weekend. And, of course, we look forward to seeing what you can do in 2024. 
All right. Well, thanks, guys, for having me. And again, I'm a big fan. I'm so happy with what you guys do, and it brings a lot of attention to racing and iRacing. So we love it. Of course, that is Michael Hinkle, who, of course, works at iRacing. He's also a Formula V driver, finishing 14th in the SCCA runoffs and coming home second place in the Northeast Formula V Championship. When we come back, we're going to cover news of the week, and we still have time to talk to our second guest coming up. It is none other than Caden Honeycutt joining us next on The Download. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to the iRacers download from the Speedsport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass. Just Prince Taylor Burris alongside Richard Colbreth producing as we continue our discussions when it comes to the iRacing week that was. Let's turn over to the eNASCAR contender iRacing series, which made its way over to Homestead Miami Speedway this past Tuesday night. It was a busy time once more at the mile and a half circuit, with plenty of different covers and goers in turn. Drivers like Christopher Hill, Cody Bias, and many more involved in incidents. But in the end, it was a team 1-3 for Vicente Salas and Caden Honeycutt at their new homes, with Ryan Luzes sandwiched in between. Vicente Salas picked up the win with 92 laps led out of 102. Caden Honeycutt came away in third. Now, both of them transitioned over to dead zone racing in their technical lines during the offseason. And both of them, keep in mind, have been very busy when it comes to both eNASCAR the past few years, but also real-world action. When it comes to Vicente Salas and the go-karting team as well as making his starts in late models in most recent months. Of course, Caden Honeycutt getting opportunities not just at that level, but also the Arkham Menard Series and the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Caden Honeycutt now joins us here on the iRacers Download. First things first, Caden. Congrats to 1-3 in your new home. Second thing second, how would you describe that race when it came to Homestead Miami Speedway? Because there was a lot of talk about a lot of craziness in that mid-pack. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thought this race was a whole lot better than what it has been the past couple of seasons. Um, so that was a plus for the iRacing side. And for us, of course, um, I think been able to move around and move some lanes and, and then move from bottom to seam to the top was honestly really, really cool. Um, and, and very good in the aspect of being able to have options to move around and see what your car was handling best with and see what you can move forward on. Um, for me, I, I screwed up qualifying, and I was not that far off from having a second-place lap. I was I smacked the apron and lost like half a tenth, and that half a tenth was worth being from second from seventh, uh, ninth, I think is where I started. Um, but either way, we had a great uh, race trim car. Even starting ninth, like I just didn't have the track position early um, to run with my teammate Vicente to be able to uh, dictate the pace and um, be able to try to dictate where I wanted to run and try to push them and, and be able to go through pit cycles and things like that. But um, I would have really liked it to go green right at the very end. Me and um, Luzo were making up a whole lot of time at the at the end. Uh, we were started like four and a half seconds back, and then we ended up like one second with like 15 to go. So. Um, I think I thought we were going to be able to get there, but you never know. Um, but thankfully, with that caution coming out, didn't really mess anything up for us. Still got good points, and 
Um, almost came away with another one too, but um, yeah, I, I didn't get a good enough good enough start on the outside. The outside didn't have very good uh, traction, especially in second, having the restart zones and stuff like that. So um, it's very tricky when it comes to that. But we were able to uh, come out with third, another solid points, and be able to come out second in points overall so far. And moving on to a track that I, I very much like, Phoenix. Um, almost won my first ever pro race there, so I'm really excited to go back there with Dead Zone and Vicente, Dave, Cody, Houston, and uh, we've already made some good headway the last couple of days to uh, to make that um, another one two possible, and hopefully for uh, for as a team aspect, we all come together and finish the top ten or top five. I thought I think that'd be pretty cool. Of course, the win at Las Vegas to start things off for you, and now that momentum coming over from the top three. A lot of people, when it comes to racing on the sim especially when i racing should say usually have gone through the dead zone pipeline or through its respective organization what led you and vicente to that group after working essentially independently for all of last year yeah i mean we've been working together for for a whole year um you know when contender came around dead zone had their half a group in there some of them left and then some uh got departed back to contender so we kind of just came together we um, we had talked about it a couple of times and throughout uh, late in the season, and um, we were kind of agreed with it. And so far, it's it's paying off. So um, it's it's been a very good past couple of weeks. Um, we've learned a lot. Um, we've we've gained as a whole, and for Vicente as me as well, um, building wise, and be able to uh, find speed in these cars and work really hard to find the speed that we need to compete for wins. And um, that's what. You know what Dead Zone has has taught us. Houston has really put that um, on our shoulders to make that happen. So um, we appreciate him and everybody there to uh, to come together and and welcome us in. And uh, so far, it's working pretty good. So hopefully, it stays that way and we can keep on uh, moving forward and making more headway and uh, not stop for the rest of the season and see if we can win all the races and try to come out with uh, the championship. And keep in mind. In regards to your side of things, it's been an interesting year as well in the real world because you've had starts, of course, in your career in the Cars Tour as far back as 2021. But this season, it's been interesting in terms of how those starts have come throughout the campaign. And the Craftsman Truck Series as well as the NASCAR Xfinity Series start. In fact, most recently in the 2023 season, getting to start at Bristol with Young's Motorsports. Four different rides, in fact, in the calendar year. What has that been like mindset wise when you've had to basically work with three different teams with four different numbers of trucks after starting off with Roper racing and then that transition to Yuns and Nice. Yeah, it's been, you know, it's always difficult whenever you're not in the same piece week by week and be able to build on something and then take the momentum to the next race. So um, the hopping around is, is, is really tough. Um, but you know, it's just the aspect of, yeah, I got them. You got to do what you need to do right off the rip. Like you, you can't, you cannot uh, back down from any situation, no matter if you're in a different truck the entire time or not. So, um, it's just it's tough, but you know, I I don't mind it. Um, it's really not as difficult as it seems to be, but it's uh for for Young Motorsports, um, with Roper and you know, Nice, I'm on my one race with Nice didn't go exactly the way we wanted it didn't even make the freaking first lap um so it, it's been tough but you know with youngs it's been uh, a good record for us so far and you know be able to go with it to phoenix next 
uh, in the next two weeks. I'm really excited for that. And, um, yeah, just I think we'll run good there, and that's our, our goal is, and for my goal and for Tyler is to uh, to show off his equipment and show how really good it can be. Well, first, I think that's the confirmation of what the next appearance is in the trucks. But second, in regards to that balance, how would you describe that in turn, though? Because technically, on the NASCAR side, you've had connections to Roche Fenway Racing, Roche Fenway Kenswalski Racing, I should say. But in turn, how has that translated to the real world side in terms of some of those connections with uh, Roche as well as with Keselowski and company? Well, you know, it, it's been... Uh, it is not as much as I was hoping it would be, but, um, you know, I've been very fortunate to run with a cup team for the past couple of seasons. Um, you know, I've tried to be connective on the Ford side as much as I can, but sometimes it just, they're, they don't really catch any interest. They just don't catch interest. And so far it really has been that way. Um, so maybe it will change next season. I'm not sure, but you know, for me, I, I just got to be better in the Coke series races and run better. And maybe that will change, but so far just got to, um, just got to keep doing what we're doing and <clears throat> raise the stock up for the next season, maybe get something better. Never know. So, um, so that's what we're just going to try to do. And, um, I think we'll be good at that as long as we keep on doing what we're doing. I don't see why there would be an issue with that. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's as much as I wanted it to be, um, more valuable than it is it's unfortunately hasn't been but um yeah it's just the way it is but you know maybe next year will be different you never know now there is one team that you've been able to break through on the arkham menards schedule so far in the past few months mcgowan motorsports you made your first arkham menards west start picked up a win in start number one at all american speedway also finished top 10 last time out at the bull rain in las vegas motor speedway How's that been like so far with McGowan Motorsports, a team where you've made three total starts on the ARCA schedule, including the race at Bristol towards the end of the overall season? Well, you know, it's it's been really good. Um, Bristol was unfortunate race for us. I thought we were going to be able to finish top three there against Gibbs and, and, and Venturini, so I thought that would have been an, an incredible finish for us. Um, but it, it's... And then we go to, to Roseville. Everything just went the way it needed to go right and then you go to next week to vegas and then you have brake problems and then you have a motor that blows up one lap into practice and so bullring was just a uphill battle um it was really just a day of be able to salvage something and be able to move on to uh, madera and phoenix and have a shot at the team championship so so far we're leading that by i think like eight or nine points so that's good um but we just got to focus on winning and then focus on what we control. So uh, control our destiny and, and be good everywhere we go um, is the only thing we can do. So um, it's been very, I appreciate the opportunity from McGowan Motorsports, Bruce Cook for the opportunity at MMI. Um, so yeah, it, it, for me, it's nothing but get better, get more laps and win races. That's, that's really the ARCA racing is all for. Um, so that's that's what I'm there to do, and you know, Madera this weekend is another is a race to go and do that, in and uh, keep the team team championship alive going into uh, Phoenix. You mentioned about building the stock, for example, building connections. You mentioned, for example, McGowan Motorsports. Steve McGowan Motorsports, for example, has history in the truck series from a couple of years ago. Is that a potential route your organization has looked at, or is that just for the ARCA season? That's the main focus. Well, you know, it's uh, I really just want to run in the truck series next year. That, that'd be 
that'd be amazing, you know, but, you know, sometimes it just won't go that way. You just got to take what's what you're given. So right now I'm just trying to build as much as I can by winning the most races I possibly can and um, try to raise the money and sponsorship to to be able to run next season somewhere. Um, That would be the goal Um, and run for a a truck championship. And and I think that would be, um, I think that'd be ideal to be able to go out and do so. Right now, just focus on winning as much as we can and and running as the the best we can possibly can, and um, try to build the stock up for for the rest of the season and try to turn some heads and see what we can do with that. Well, in terms of the virtual side, you mentioned Phoenix already a few times for the real world side. That in fact is the next date, October the twenty fourth for the Contender Series there. How so far has that preparation been like for the race at Phoenix Raceway? knowing you and Vicente are 1-2 already, but also knowing how crazy Phoenix can get at times. Last year's contenders race, the first thing that comes to mind is Michael Cozy Jr. into the pit wall. Yeah, it, that wasn't a good thing for him. Um, but, you know, it, it, I got, unfortunately, I got in the um, in the wreck lap one, turn one. So um, that was highly unfortunate on my part but you know the the first time i went to phoenix in my pro career i almost won so it was and i got into it with uh nick shelton i believe at the end of that race we were just battling hard for the win um unfortunately i lost it but one of my teammates won so that was good um so the second time didn't go so well but this third time i really feel like our preparation is was not good to start yesterday but today it, it was it's gotten a whole lot better and i feel really good about the chances we got so um, right now we're just focused on race trim, get the best we can until Sunday. And then Sunday we work Q trim all the way until Monday and, um, just try to maximize what we can maximize. That's really all we can do with the box that we're given. And, um, yeah, I think we'll be just fine. Like we have every single time so far. So, um, just got to keep doing what I'm doing the past couple of weeks and, uh, build fast race cars and everything will take care of itself. Well, in turn, where can fans keep an eye on you on social media to keep up with your racing career as well as with yourself in the midst of this battle for the championship? Yeah, it's it takes consistency, right? Um, I think it, it's just it's a tough battle between points racing and also wanting to win the race. Um, so right now we're just focused on winning and run the best we can until we get into a situation that we have to run for points. So. Um, Right now, I'm just focused on trying to win as much race as I possibly can and run up front and compete for the win. And if it doesn't work out, then we just need to focus on getting points and make sure we get in till for next season um, and to uh, to be able to run for a Coke championship. So um, that's just the focus right now is try to w- build to win races. That's really all what we're wanting to do and all we're trying to do. Um, if we can take care of that, uh, the points take care of itself. I think that's a good emphasizing point in regards to what to keep an eye on. Where can fans follow you on social media in turn? I have my Facebook, Caden Honeycutt Racing. Also, my regular Facebook personal is Caden Honeycutt, Caden Hun- uh, W Honeycutt on Twitter, Caden Honeycutt 10 on Instagram. Um, that's pretty much all I got for Facebook, Instagram, and, and Twitter. So uh, follow me there on all socials and um, keep up with what we're doing. And looking forward to this weekend and next couple next couple weeks following into November on the NASCAR side and uh, real life. Well, on that note, Caden, 
Once again, good luck for Phoenix when it comes to Contender Series coming up, but also good luck in terms of the preparation there and, of course, in terms of the rest of the NASCAR campaigns as they close things out here toward the end of October and start of November. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. That's Kenny Honeycutt once again. Top two in the points in the eNASCAR Contender Series. Also a driver of the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series and the Barker Menard Series. As mentioned, he's in the midst of the Arkham Menard Series West Battle for the Team Championship, as well with McGowan Motorsports. We come back, we'll discuss more involving the news of the week and more. You're listening to the iRacers Download for the Speedsport Podcast Studio, powered by my Race Pass. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to the iRacers Download from the Speedsport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass. Taylor Burris here along with Justin Prince as we dive into the news of the week here in the world of iRacing. And... It has been a very, very busy one, starting off with some news from IMSA this past weekend at the Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta during Petit Le Mans, the season finale for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Series. A brand new championship will once again make, or actually not a brand new, but a returning championship will make its return as IMSA announces the IMSA Esports Global Championship starting in 2023 in November. Utilizing, of course, the GTP cars, as well as several of the GT3 cars who will be competing at four of the most unique and difficult road courses on the iRacing service and in IMSA competition. Daytona, Sebring, Watkins Glen, and Petit Le Mans will be the four races that will be used for this four-round championship for each race is two hours and 40 minutes. And it's exciting to see this. A couple of drivers have already made their announcement that they are returning to compete in this championship. One of those, of course, being Casey Kerwin racing in the Xset Cadillac. Last time this was held, it brought plenty of star power. It's once again bringing plenty of star power when it comes to the organizations because of that IMSA branding. But also that connection, keep an eye, with virtual competition organization VCO to bring some of those top drivers in. That, of course, the organization that represents many of those top teams. Team Redline, BS Competition, Kalanda Esports, Williams Esports. Also defending champions Apex Racing Team amongst those looking to return to the action for the 2023 campaign. And again, it builds upon the momentum of the last time they held it over the course of a few weeks last year. Looking to bring top teams together under IMSA branding and get them to compete for an esports title for the global championship. In turn, it adds that extra bit of exclusivity. And if not, that extra bit of distinction and and star power when you have a brand like IMSA and a series like IMSA connecting their name to a world championship. It's going to be really exciting to see how this will play out. And of course, this kicks off later on in the month of November. And to be exactly the date, we'll kick off on November the 5th at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Catch all the action on both iRacing and IMSA streaming platforms. Of course, we have to talk about the turn iRacing GP. They were First and foremost, went to Zandvoort, where Eduardo Leo took his first career win. But this Thursday, on October the 19th, they were in the Motor City itself, Detroit, at Belle Isle. 
where Manuel Kubo Torres took home the checkered flag by about two seconds over Jarl Tienen, and Pablo Espes came home in third position, running at your podium. As, of course, your championship points leader, Premislav Merrick Lemonek, rounded in eighth position. And keep in mind, for drivers, when it came to came to the Contender Series for this campaign, did have some experience, so that helped drivers like Lemonek, especially when it comes to Pablo Espez, who had a up-and-down time the last time there in the in the summertime. But it's a big win for Emmanuel Kubel-Torres because while he stays in the same organization for the series itself with STK Gaming as the sponsor, Apex Racing Team did promote him to the main organization after being a development driver prior to the start of the campaign, Taylor. So now... He's a part of that main grouping, and it really puts a good statement when it comes to the team-wise of things. When it comes to the overall complexion of your career, when you can basically win in your first week with the main group. It really is, and it's going to be very critical to see what they can accomplish, because even though they're, we are pretty much almost done with this championship, we still have four very difficult, very unique tracks still to come. Of course, the next round will be heading to Japan at the Fuji International Speedway, Red Bull Ring, then another tri-oval. We're going to Pocono Raceway and then wrapping up the season in November 16th at Monza. Of course, all of those four events will be on iRacing streaming platforms, so keep an eye on that to see who takes home the checkered flag as well as winning the championship. Other news we have to talk about is the eNASCAR College Series. They went to Charlotte Motor Speedway, where Liberty University, Austin Spar, took home the checkered flag in an exciting battle from start to finish, holding off multi-winners and champions Logan Clampett and Garrett Lowe, as those three drivers battle it out for the win, as well as the scholarship funds. John Forbes and Braden Mukovic rounded out your top five. Let's talk a little bit about this, because... Liberty University and Austin Farr really wasn't someone who we expect to be up towards the front of the field in this championship. And of course, especially going up against two drivers such as Logan Clampett and Garrett Lowe, who have practically dominated this championship. Now, that isn't to be said. This shouldn't be a complete shock, per se, I think, with Farr, because he is a name I've recognized in the past. And I have to double check this because I had an inkling for the 2022 run at Charlotte. He was the biggest mover of that race, if you forget, in March of 2022, where he went from 20th to 3rd in these same trucks in his Toyota and got within two seconds of the race winner, Danny Budafuco, in that big battle with Omar Diallo up at the front of the field. In turn, Austin Farr, I think, just showcased. Again, he is really good at Charlotte. He's very consistent when it comes to driving at Charlotte Motor Speedway on the sim. And keep in mind, he is somebody with some real-world motorsports connections within the Toyota grouping over his career. He, after all, is a part of Liberty University's Formula Racing program and also has those connections a part of its internships through schools like and, and programs in teams like Andretti, Andretti Autosport. So it shouldn't be a full-on surprise that he made his way to the front to win that race over Logan Clampett by two-tenths. Now, in that being regard of things... Garrett Lowe is more so the dominant driver, keep in mind, with UNC at Charlotte Saddleback now. He was likely going to be contender all throughout the night, but just faded off towards the end after the 60 laps led. I think, though, for the rest of the top 10 for that scholarship funding grouping, though, for this race, there's a lot to be said because Tyler Gary especially no making note of it. Lots of people in the last lap seem to 
forget about the existence of people in front of them and that they were willing to wreck whoever was close to them, it seemed, Taylor, for a difference of $100. And I think Tyra Gary said it best on social media. He still finished eighth, mind you. Could have finished as high as the top six. That's all right. I didn't want to finish where we were all running on the last lap anyway. And in turn, you had several drivers wreck in those final laps because of absolute calamity, because everyone wanted to push and shove for the difference of a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> I mean, that is true. And that's, you know, the situation that some of these drivers are in in order to try and get in that position. So we'll see how it plays out for the remainder of this season as we get ready to go to the next round of this series. Currently, right now, as the point standings go, Austin Farr leads by just two points over Logan Clampett, 10 points back to Garrett Lowe. Then it's Alexander Hyder from St. John's River College, John Forbes from Saddleback, Garrett Vitton from Arizona State, Matthew Morton from the Ohio State Newark, Nate Stewart from Hopkinsville Community College, Jose Salas Jr. from Manchester, and Lane Graves from Wichita State, rounding out your top 10. The next round of qualifiers is at the Dover Motor Speedway, which begins on October 21st, so on Sunday, and goes all the way to basically October 31st, Halloween night. So you have till then to qualify to make sure you can get your way into the main event on Tuesday, November the 7th, where you can see it all across eNASCAR and iRacing streaming platforms. We touched a little bit about it, Justin. We talked about both how the drivers in Dead Zone Racing have put on some dominant efforts. Last week, we saw it was Caden Honeycutt. This week, it was Vicente Salas taking home the win at Homestead Miami Speedway. And with that, puts him and Caden Honeycutt 1-2 in the point standings for the Contender Series. And it was an exciting race to watch. Yes, indeed, especially with Vicente on rails. 92 laps led throughout that race of the 192, as mentioned with Caden. But it's hard to beat somebody when they're with one of the top organizations and considered by some as one of the more consistent drivers you can pick up in terms of the whole complexion of sim racing these days. He hasn't had the performances per se since that rookie campaign when he and Donovan Struss were teammates with Williams Esports in terms of the sim racing complexion and when they were actually teammates in the sim too. But at the same time, Vicente has also been on a rise in his real-world career, gaining more connections, still keeps those same connections with some of those respective drivers behind the scenes a bit. And in turn, it should be a full-on surprise to see somebody who elected to go on his own with the help of Caden Honeycutt all last season to be able to immediately power ahead. People, I think, knew the speed was there. It was just a matter of getting them in the right partnership and the right seats. But in turn... It's going to be intriguing how the rest of the season plays out because usually when you win a race, most of the time we've seen drivers advance if they're consistent. You win a second race, it's basically a near lock as long as you pass the process of approval to advance. So they both just have to be consistent the rest of the way. And that's not going to be easy with drivers like Loses, Novak and Falkenham, along with Pratt also being very consistent, and also being in that same network of drivers. It certainly is. Of course, looking, though, at the average finishes, your top three average finish, second, second, third. The next average finish is Zach Novak with a sixth-place finish. So it's going to be a lot of work to see how it will play out for those drivers fourth on back in the standings. 
but we got to look at the bubble spot. Currently, Cody Bias holds that 20th position, but the problem is he's in a four-way tie for that 20th and 19th position. Currently with Daniel Smallwood, 19th, Cody Bias, 20th, Dennis Colin Bowden, Matthew Zwack, Derek Bardot, and Blaze Crawford. So technically, actually a six-way tie for that 20th position. It's only two races in, though. That's the thing. And the problem is, if you're towards the cut line, it's extremely difficult to be that consistent because obviously on average, your thought is, okay, I'll just finish top 20. Here's the problem with the way the races have been in the mid-pack, and this has been a talking point with some of the drivers with the damage model as well. I've seen on social media throughout some of those drivers and contender this season. It's about getting the right give and take. It's about being able to survive when the give and take doesn't exist. It's about surviving when you have someone try and bump and run three cars in one corner because they want to get as many points as possible. You have to be smart when it comes to advancing. And if you really want a true shot at Coke, you need to show respect. And the problem is, some drivers have had some ups and downs to say the very minimum when it comes to getting that respect this season. Like Fabio Olaf, for example, was expecting some bigger things from him. He finished laps down with incidents from that caution we talked about towards the later stages and some of those stack-ups. But in turn, if you want to be able to advance, you need to be able to do well, keep consistent, stay out of that major trouble. That's why Caden Honeycutt even said even a seventh is, a dis- is messing up the whole qualifying run. That's how much pressure there is because drivers don't want to go into the heart of the field. No, they certainly don't, because let's be honest, the heart of the field is a dangerous place to be in. So we'll see how that works out. And of course, for a couple of other notable drivers in the championship or this contender series, I should say, Jonathan Delaney, we talked had on the show before. He's 10th in the championship. Colin Keister, 11th. Ray Alfala, 17th. Brian Mercurio, 14th position. So those are some of the drivers who are currently safe. Blaze Crawford, we mentioned 24th. Max Brady is 25th. Brandon McKissick, 29th. Kevin King, a former current last year's competitor in the Coke Series. He's 31st. And then, of course, Derek Justice, 35th. Joey Brown, dead last in 40th position, but he's only made one start. So not the season he was looking for. We don't know if he will be able to continue or complete, but pretty much if you miss a race in Contender Series, Justin, your chances of making it back to Coke are zero. Even with the drop, it just provides so much pressure because the amount of incidents that you could put yourself in, especially when it comes to Phoenix next, uh, is still very up there, in my opinion. So if if it comes down to real-world consequences coming in, there's another asset and another facet to think about here too, Taylor, because even if you were to make it without that use of a drop, essentially where you'd have a zero taking that place of the drop instead— that also makes some teams wary from what I've noticed on the sim. And I'm not talking about just the real-world teams in terms of the NASCAR teams. I'm talking about what's well behind the scenes. Because their thought maybe is, is your commitment really there? Are you going to make the test sessions? And that's the most painful part of the sport is, it's not just about being able to run well in the race. It's about being able to make those sessions up to several hours a day. And that's one of the most difficult parts and why I think some drivers are honestly positive towards the the turn towards some fixed races throughout the season. It relieves some of that pressure of needing to basically work 20 hours each week 
on a car that will race for an hour and a half. Yeah, and that's going to be critical to see how things will work as you progress through this season, as well as the rest of Contender Series. So, a lot of work definitely going to have to come into play with this. We'll see how the rest of the series goes, as the next round will be at Phoenix, coming up here in a couple of days' time. Moving on, of course, we have a couple of other news and updates to talk about. Of course, this week is the SCCA iRacing runoffs happening this weekend, and it's going to be fun to see all the action. You get to race Saturday and Sunday in 35-minute races at Virginia International Raceway, and it's going to be multiple different classes of cars, starting off with the Formula V category, the Spec Racer Ford, Global MX-5 Cup cars will be the Spec Miata class, USF 2000 category, the GT4 category, and the Renault Clio will be basically the B-Spec category that will be utilized for these events in the SCCA runoffs. I think it will be a fun time. I think that's an understatement with how it's going to be a fun time, but it was a fun time last year when the iRacing social media platforms Expecting the same here. Two different time slots, keep in mind, when it comes to the drivers on the Saturday and the Sunday, if they want to try that gauntlet. And in turn, I can't wait to see how some of the drivers fare out. And keep in mind, I'm curious how many drivers make all top six top splits. Because technically, you're talking about drivers having to bounce from one car to another six times during the day, from Formula V to Spec Racer to Miata to BLSF 2000 to GT4 to Clio. I wonder who and how many actually do the gauntlet for fun. I might try. I don't know if I'll be able to do for the top split, but I might try a couple of the Specs races here at VIR on Sunday, depending on my schedule, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, once again, iRacing social media platforms for that at VIR and... Of course, with yourself and some of the real-world broadcast experience, it was talked about a little bit behind the scenes on that from last season, especially the experience. You also have that personal experience yourself, Taylor. Yeah, I mean, it was a pleasure to call my one and only SECA runoff event at VIR a couple of years ago in the middle of a hurricane, which was uh, exciting to say the least. But And then, of course, last year working the virtual SECA runoffs was exciting to work with Jake Sperry for the pre-race and post-race stuff in between the events. So this year, I'll kind of get to sit back and enjoy the product of what they're going to be doing this year. But we'll see what happens. As next year, I have a feeling that when they do it, it'll be at a brand new track for the SCCA runoffs. I think you just revealed something some people may not know yet. But why don't we talk about, on that turn of note, something people are exploring on October 19th. The new iRacing patch. Yes, a third patch has come out. But it's not the normal type of patch, because it's the type of patch that adjusts the UI more than anything. In that new shopping cart functionality, new wallet functionality, easier ways to send gift cards, and a broadcaster's favorite, being able to actually spectate the sessions without accidentally joining in as a driver, which happens so many times if you use the UI. <laughs> yes, I have done that a couple of times myself here in, the, in my past or the broadcasting. It's great to see that they added that function for the broadcasters and even for the spotters as well who and crew chiefs who go into these events to help spot or crew chief their drivers coming up. And, of course, a lot of other extra updates. You can look up more into the forums. A couple of issues with some damage models for the cars. Also, some updates for the Super Formula cars as well. And then a couple of, a little bit of 
track announcer and commentary at some of the tracks uh, on the iRacing surf, especially for those in the European circuit, per se. So a lot of things to happen. If you want to learn more, to go look at the iRacing forum for the full list of information on the patchwork for this upcoming recent build. But with that, we're going to take our final commercial break. But when we come back, our special guest joins us next on The Download. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to the iRacers download from the Speedsport Podcast Studio, powered by My Race Pass, as we have our very special surprise guest joining us here on the download. He is your 2023 eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series champion, none other than Stephen Wilson, driver of the number 10 for Stuart Haas Esports. Stephen, it took us a little bit, but we got you here on the download as champion, finally. First and foremost, it's been a few weeks. How do you feel? Uh, you know, I still feel pretty good. Uh, been a little bit of a grind with school this past month or so since it's happened. So uh, just getting back into the tune of things. But it's still cool to be called champion. And it's uh, really cool to be able to celebrate that and have Phoenix coming up here soon. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that is one of the things you get to be at Phoenix Raceway later on to be showcased as champion for the E-NASCAR series later on in a couple of weeks time. But... You know, this season, compared to last season, two totally different spectrums. Last season, you were one of the most winningest drivers, made it to the Final Four, but came a little bit short. This year, a little bit more of a quiet season for you, I have to say. You did pick up a win, but still not as dominant run compared to what we saw last year. What do you think was the difference for this season? Uh, I mean, I think last year there was a big advantage that our setup team had. I think we showed up with the fastest cars almost every race. And um, I just think that running well and I put myself in good positions. Um, and then I was able to get a little lucky finishes a couple times uh, to put myself in a good spot and then come out with the win. But I think this year uh, it just didn't work out that way. I mean, I had the one win early on in the year. Uh, but once the playoffs came around, my worst finish uh, was at Phoenix, which was sixth, and that was after having two minutes of damage and feeling like I was out of it. So every other race in the playoffs, I finished second, so we stepped up when it mattered. But uh, I just think that everybody caught up this year. Everybody was so close, and it's just how it works out sometimes. You know, I think I uh, could have had another win at the Chicago road course, made a mistake before uh, turn one even happened. So, But other than that, I think, yeah, it just it was a quiet year. I do agree with that. Less wins, but uh, stepped up when it mattered. You certainly did. I mean, taking home the championship, going up against some very surprising drivers who made it to the Final Four. Of course, Bobby Zielinski, who is always seems to be in the Final Four championship run, a rookie, Tucker Minter coming in, and of course, a lot of other drivers who were trying to fight their way into this Final Four and, in, of course, battling you for this championship. How do you feel that this season's group of drivers was compared to previous seasons? It seems like there was always a time where one driver would dominate for a period, and then for a time we had multiple drivers just picking off different wins at certain points of the season. Yeah, I think it's been noted with 
this car uh, the last couple of years that I think there's not really one specific driver who just goes out and dominates. I think uh, the races are closer than ever. Everyone in the field is pretty much capable of winning. Uh, so it's just sometimes how the luck works out for you, um, whether that becomes pit strategy or when a caution flies or if you're faster in the short run, faster in the long run. It's just this car really provides everybody with a better chance of winning, I feel like, because we're all so close. And uh, I just think that this year, uh, I think the most somebody won was two or three times, I think three times. So it was pretty much the same last year. I won four times, but uh, you don't really see one guy really winning a whole ton of races, but uh, there's a big spread, and uh, I do think that this car is part of that. It really is, and one thing we'll have to keep in mind is now we're in the off season. And is this now time for you, other of course, for the sim racing side to kind of quiet down, maybe take a step back, enjoy the championship, and of course take care of your schooling that you have going on in the real world. But are you, or are you still like I got to stay up on my A game, or wait and see if during this off season we could see a little bit of changes with the oval side updates to help better improve the car for twenty twenty four. Uh, so far this past month, I've kind of taking some time off i've run one college series race and that's pretty much it so haven't really been on the sim too much um i do think once it gets closer um i'll probably start doing a little bit more just to make sure i'm still in the tune of things but um i just i think i've i pretty well suit the next gen car i know what it wants and uh i mean unless something changes which i don't really know if i should be expecting any big changes i don't really think there's any major changes that should come out before the season starts so uh but we'll see if that changes um but yeah as of right now i don't think there's much that needs to be done for me on the sim other than college series stuff and uh watching contender to see who the new guys in the series will be and helping teammates get there is there any teammates you're helping to try to get in out of contender into the cup series for next year yeah i usually am on the box for femi a lot um I'd like to get Femi back in the series, uh, but all the guys at NFR, uh, we'd like, I think there's seven or eight of them in the contender series right now, so we're looking to try to get all of them in the series and just have the most teammate help that we can in, in the Coke series. Currently, I have to agree with you on that now. Of course, you are a driver for Stuart Haas Racing, driving the number 10 machine. Uh, what was the team's reaction when you did clinch the championship? Of course, you're driving for one driver who... May or may not be retiring at the end of the year, Eric Amarola. And what has the thoughts been of that of Eric, Stuart Haas, and even Smithfield, who is one of your main partners for this season? Uh, yeah, I know Smithfield is a big fan. I know I've had some chances to meet uh, with some people over there over the past couple of years, and they're very nice, and they seem into it and enjoy it. So they were pretty happy. Uh, Stuart Haas this year went through some different management on the esports side, so there's some new people there who haven't really experienced it as much at the uh, Hall of Fame event in Charlotte, uh, but they said they enjoyed it. They loved it. Uh, they love the vibe. They love just watching us compete. And uh, obviously with Kevin Harvick there, Kevin was happy that Stuart Haas could bring home some hardware this year. And uh, it was nice to see him, meet him uh, and Keelan too. Yeah. I have to say that family is absolutely amazing. Watching in the karting world, Keelan continuously showcasing some amazing talent seeing what he can do, and who knows, maybe one day he may hop behind the wheel of the esports world and maybe be a teammate of you one day. We'll have to wait and see, but, you know, you've been a part of eNASCAR for a long time, the past couple of seasons, and been one of the main contenders always for the championship. 
How do you feel the future of this sport continuing to grow now that you are a champion and also you're always one of those front runners who, if you could, make a change or see if there's anything that could help bring this more to the forefront of outside of the esports world, more towards the actual race fans and more? Yeah, I think uh, a big direction that we kind of focus on is trying to maybe just try new things in our series, you know, like whether it's try different tracks that NASCAR may not race at or just try maybe our time slot doesn't work. I don't know if we're open to moving days or moving times, but maybe there's another time that more people would tune in. But um, I do think that trying new things, making our series unique in a way so that people want to tune in, not just see it as a video game version of what happens in the real world. So um, I know... I think the biggest part is having big names in the series, people like Casey who bring in a lot of fans uh, to keep tuning into the series. We need more people who maybe go live and stream maybe and get more fans and get people to connect with them so that there's more people tuning in for their drivers versus just having to watch a broadcast. I know it's kind of hard to tune in if you don't really have someone to cheer for or if you don't really have connections in the series. So maybe if we get more personalities out there or uh, just – get it to be unique in a way, I think that would be the biggest change. Well, we certainly went in the right direction with some new tracks that the NASCAR Cup Series doesn't go race on. We raced at Monza earlier in the year, and then Milwaukee also earlier in the year. Uh, do you feel like maybe in 2024 we'll see more uniqueness of different tracks like we did this year? Maybe not more towards the road course side, but maybe, who knows, maybe a short track addition, such as a small, you know, which is something that's very rarely seen I have to say, on the eNASCAR side. Yeah, I think that would be fun to explore. Um, I think people on the NASCAR side and also the iRacing side are willing to try that uh, just to see what works and what doesn't. I mean, I think that's kind of the point of our series. We want to see what fans would be interested in seeing, and I think our series is a way to test that. So I think the best thing to do would be go to different tracks that the Cup Series doesn't race at, whether it's a short track or whether it's international or whatever it is, I think. Uh, it's just good for our series to be able to test that, and we have people who can put on a race at these tracks that will provide a good understanding of what could happen if NASCAR were to explore this in the real world. I have to certainly agree with you on that, Stephen. Well, Stephen, first and foremost, congratulations again on winning the championship. I mean, $100,000 is a lot of money as we close this. What do you plan on doing with that? Are you going to maybe put some away, put some towards college? but some towards maybe some real-world racing. What is your plan? Uh, plan right now is just pretty much to save some of it for college, also invest some of it, but uh, some big purchases maybe. We'll see what happens here soon. <laughs> I haven't made any yet. Uh, just one trip that I've planned, so uh, we'll see what happens, and uh, yeah. Oh, one trip. Well, where, where, if you could give us an idea, you don't have to be exact, but a good idea that or somewhere here in the United States. Uh, it was planned out of the country, yeah, for a little spring break. Nice. Well, congratulations. Hopefully it goes well for you. That is Steven Wilson, your 2023 eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series champion. And we look forward to seeing what he and the rest of his team can do in the Contender Series. And as well, leading up to the 2024 eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing season. With that, we like to conclude this episode of the iRacers Download for Justin Prince, as well as also my producer Richard Colbreth. I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you for tuning in on the Download. <laughs>